Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. Episode 243 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard. And who's running around with the Greek gods with me tonight? Uh, well, I'm Brandon. I'm from the Nomads of Fantasy. I'm one of the three hosts. And I am glad to be on this epic journey with you guys. Welcome. I'm glad to have you finally. I've had Eric. Now I have you on the show. Oh, that's right. You did have Eric. You've had Eric maybe twice. I think twice. I want to say. And I'm Ian. I uh, occasionally write for thepixels.com. And uh, I've just looked at the weather report here in the UK, and it says there's going to be some thunder and lightning this afternoon. So if I disappear halfway through, it's because Zeus doesn't want me talking about this game. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean... <laughs> Well, first, I just want to say thank you, because this is a game that I didn't think was going to happen on this show, because I asked on Facebook. I asked in Facebook groups, and everyone just ignored me, and I'm like, I don't want to do this alone. <laughs> so then I, I reached out to Twitter, and, and you two lovely gentlemen were like, sure, I'll talk it. I'll talk with you. Yeah. I, I am curious why Ian said he would be on this one. <laughs> I have my reasons, but I am definitely curious to see that there's another person willing to talk about this game. <laughs> I love the game. <laughs> Okay. And we're here to talk about Immortals Phoenix Rising, developed by Ubisoft Quebec, published by Ubisoft, and came out in 2020, December. Okay, so Mm -hmm. the height of the, during the plague. Yeah, during the apocalypse. (laughs) Well, let's be honest, what it really is, it's like uh, a reaction to a game that may have come out by Nintendo, like what, a couple years before that? Are we allowed to talk about that game? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we kind (laughs) of have to. I mean, this game is a direct, like, consequence of Breath of the Wild. He said it. So, I mean, it is. <laughs> it 100% is. I mean, I have, so I have to say real quick, I have never really played Breath of the Wild very much. I played it. I did the plateau. I got off the plateau. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of wandered around, got lost, got irritated, turned off the game and haven't went back. So, so. can can you actually, I know we're here to talk about Phoenix Rising, right? But are you, do you mind explaining a little bit more about your relationship with Breath of the Wild? Because I don't think you can talk about this game without talking no, about can't. Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild, because it's 100% a mashup of, of those games. Oh, yeah. But I would love, because you know, those people at Ubisoft played Breath of the Wild and they were like, this is pretty fun. I can see why people like it. It's an open world. We do open world games. How could we do this with what we have? But I'm just curious. Because a lot of people do like that game, and I personally struggled with Breath of the Wild. And it's most people are like, it's the greatest game. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, it's got some faults, though, that kind of like, I think maybe Phoenix kind of does better. But I did not like Breath of the Wild when I played it, but I also played it at the wrong time. I got it the day it came out on Wii U. I played it within a few days after I beat Dark Souls 1. Ooh. And I when I went into it, I, I remember saying, why is there Dark Souls in my Zelda? <laughs> and I died a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a good time, and I haven't touched the game since. Unfortunately, slash unfortunately, I have it on the show for the five-year anniversary. I'm going to make myself play through that damn game. Okay. I'm, I'm I did not like that. weapon breaking. I didn't like climbing. I didn't like any mm-hmm. of that. So oh, you didn't like the climbing? No. And, hey, spoiler alert, I still don't like climbing. <laughs> so. Interesting. Ian, did you ever play uh, Breath of the Wild? I'm a huge, huge Zelda fan. I will say that Breath of the Wild is not in my top 10 Zelda games. Tears of the Kingdom is, but Breath of of the Wild just didn't click with me at all when I played it. My girlfriend's brilliant at Breath of the Wild. She's played it through multiple times, and I find more fun just to sit and watch her play the game Mm -hmm. because I suck at it. But uh, I did finish the game because, you know, 
Zelda fan that I am, I had to get through to the end of it. And uh, then it was a case of, oh, there's DLC. Do you want to buy No, no, I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah interesting. That's how I feel with DLC every time there's DLC. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Uninstall. I'll get to that later. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just me personally with games. I'm like, well, I'm you know what's done. My, so what's interesting, because like, I am so with you guys. I had to push myself through Breath of the Wild. And I was like, I want to like this game. Everyone loves this game and all the things that they like, I kind of don't like. And I'm not like a big Ubisoft fan. I, I enjoy the Assassin's Creed games. Like I kind of turn my brain off and I just go around doing, you know, whatever. I'm mostly you're, you're mostly just killing things in, in those Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. But the I felt like the timing of Breath of the Wild was just a bad spot for me. But when Tears of the Kingdom came out, like I think that's one of the greatest games I've ever played. And it and it's I'm curious because when I was playing Assassin's Creed, they came out with this DLC for um, Odyssey. Odyssey is the one where you can pick a male or female, very similar to yeah. uh, Phoenix. But like you, you basically, when you beat that game, it's a huge game. It's really hard to finish those games. They're really long. They had this DLC. Dude, it is just like Phoenix Rising. I'm curious. I am so curious. <laughs> when the, I don't know if you guys ever played Odyssey. But if you played yeah, the DLC... Okay, yeah. so the DLC, there's one about like the fate of Atlantis, and you go to this island, and you're surrounded by waterfalls, and the island looks very similar to Phoenix Rising. Yeah. It, it's Phoenix Rising Immortal. Is that the full title? Immortal uh, Phoenix Rising, because Immortal was okay. going to be the brand that they were going to launch. Okay. Which, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think that IP is going anywhere, unfortunately, but yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I was just trying to say that, like, it's just weird playing this game because I feel like I got all these emotions of, like, Breath of the Wild, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and then the DLC that they played. I just, like, I can just see they had a meeting and they're like, we could easily take these assets, this Greek mythology, and just run with it. And it'll be our answer to what Nintendo's doing. And I, for good or bad, like, to me, like, we're all here because I think we enjoyed the game. But I also think it kind of hurt the game. I think they made some really bad decisions with this game, which is unfortunate. And Mike, did you see the news after like you booked this episode? Like what happened yeah. to this franchise? I'm I am sad because the the next one sounded way better and it fixed the things I didn't like. So yeah. what was this? What what were they gonna do with the sequel to this game? One, it wasn't gonna be set in Greek. I mean, I did like the Greek, but they were gonna do something different, which was the whole point of the immortal stuff. And then they were also going to do. Uh, it was going to make it more open world discovery like Elden Ring, which I haven't played Elden Ring, but that sounded cool. Mm -hmm. And I think less puzzly, maybe. Okay. And I would. I love the puzzles. <laughs> I hate the fucking puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, okay. I like some of them at times. My problem is it was my brain. Apparently I found out does not like puzzle games. So I'm like, I, it would just like, confuse me. Like there was one point you had to go grab six lettuces and put these lettuces on the pedestal. I did not understand. I'm like, yeah. what do you want me to do? And I look up a guy I'm like, oh, that is so fucking simple. You got us. He's the lettuce God. <laughs> yes. But for some reason, brain did not comprehend like what I was supposed to do often in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that I just, I, I guess I'm, I'm so I also have to say, I have not played an Assassin's Creed game up to i never i got to where unity is and i never played unity or anything after that unfortunately okay. i'm going back to the series now on this podcast and i just played two and we're gonna okay. have to play brotherhood in a few months but so i never i've never played odyssey you know all the newer stuff that this game is kind okay. of okay this following RPG so, kind of games yeah i mean this game i i had a very mixed reaction at, at i mean i have been interested in this game since it came out because i love greek mythology i like ubisoft Same. games yeah and I was ex really, really excited to play this game. And 
it, it kind of jumped around a bit. I started on easy difficulty, which normally I go to the easiest, which is story. And I'm like, Same. no, I want a little bit of a challenge. But Same, my but story yeah. mode is like, <laughs> I was like, I was like 23 hours into the this game on normal difficulty. Ooh. And then I was like, I need to move faster mm-hmm. through this. And I put it to story mode and I'm like, I am a god. And yep. nothing can, <laughs> like literally, what is that, Medusa? It's a 30 second fight. You know, like whatever God is thrown at me or monsters thrown at me, like I can easily defeat it in story mode. I don't know if I would recommend people to play it in story mode because this is not a game you're playing for the story. Personally, I think that I think this is more of it's beautiful to look at. It's got fun. It's got the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed kind of fighting. Um, And if you like puzzles, there's plenty of puzzles. You know, that's kind of how it would sell. But it's not the story and it's definitely not the voice acting. No, the story's not it, great. That was like a letdown because I'm I too love Greek mythology. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, we're still talking about it thousands of years later. And I think there's something special about like that just that world, that fantasy, all that stuff. But I can't believe they did what they did with this game. It was just cheesy writing. And I don't know, maybe Ian, you liked it, but like I just was it was such a hard hurdle for me to get through where I, I kind of started muting the game. And I know, Mike, if you play all games quiet, but like, I just can't take some of the jokes. Like, it's just like, I just want to explore this beautiful world, but oh, I get cringe sometimes from the jokes that no, they I, had. I love a good dad joke, it has to be said. And uh, <laughs> funnily enough, it was, it was my girlfriend played this game before I did. I think uh, I'd asked for a copy for Christmas and she just went out and bought it because she's awesome. And uh, I said, give me no spoilers. What do you think of it? First impressions. And she said, it's actually made me laugh out loud. And okay. it was the uh, fake out credit sequence that started happening. And uh, where it's like executive producer, Zeus, fun provided by Zeus. And that got her. And uh, there are some parts in it that, yeah, it's cringe. But uh, I still got to say the section or the few cutscenes with Ares and his pet bear. Um, absolutely slayed me. <laughs> Ares was good. They did the Ares very well, but I would say everyone else is more or less annoying. But like, I like Ares, the rooster and all that stuff. Like that was that was pretty clever. Like there are moments like it's not the whole time I'm eye rolling, but mm. I personally was like, I was excited. And then I was like, I'm going to be this this demigod and I'm going to go fight all these like cool monsters in a Breath of the Wild looking world. But like imagine if Breath of the Wild had, you know, 60 frames a second and it was like 4K. Like it looks great on my Xbox, but I was just kept thinking, man, what if they just had a more mature tone to this? How like how awesome yeah. could this game have been yeah. if they just aimed it more at like an, a more mature audience rather than like teenage, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kind of humor. So that it was just it was a personal thing, but like yeah, if your girlfriend liked it, like I'm not saying people won't like this. Like just know in advance if you see this for like 10 bucks, definitely worth playing. Just, you know, if you can't handle the humor, mute the game. Otherwise, you'll have, you'll probably have a great time playing it. Yeah, just be aware that it's a cartoonish experience, even from the graphical style right down to, like, mm-hmm. say, the humor. Considering it's the same team that made Assassin's Creed Odyssey that made this, I think, that like you were sense. saying earlier, they had a board meeting and said, uh, hey, we can do Breath of the Wild, let's make a game. And I, something in the back of my mind tells me the original title for this was Gods and Monsters, before they had to change <laughs> it. It was. Apparently got yeah, in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And... As a direct response to Odyssey, like you were saying, with the DLC from Odyssey being very much like this, you can imagine them moving away from, you know, Alexios and Cassandra, kind of the real mm-hmm. 
you know, humanistic kind of characters and creating these cartoony characters as a response to that. Like you're saying, I think if they'd gone middle ground or gone more in the direction of the Assassin's Creed style of graphics with a more Greek mythology kind of lean, well, they've got a the few monsters in there in Odyssey with the a couple of the optional monsters, the Cyclops and such like that. But if they'd gone that route instead of pure cartoonish, I can see what uh, you're describing there would have been absolutely awesome. But I'm happy with what we got, and uh, it's a lovely switch-your-brain-off kind of game. <laughs> that is a very fair way to put it, yes. <laughs> and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Mm. I mean, the, the story is, like, it did make me laugh. I mean, because it is cheeky. You know, Zeus telling Prometheus is telling Zeus a story, and Zeus is just kind of being an ass. Like they really make Zeus an asshole, which is great because <laughs> I love he is that an asshole, training though. device for the narrative as well. <laughs> so I mean, that was I mean, parts like that were a lot of fun for me, but I could have done without it at the same time. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I also don't like games where I have to create my character. I, I have a weird thing with that. I just don't really like it. I mean, it's fine here. It wasn't a big deal when I put. You know, that I, I ended up going with the, the female character because that's what I wanted more. And oh, I made I, that mistake. I should have gone female. I It's more fun. Yeah. The female character's canon as well, as I understand it, just like Odyssey. Oh, that's cool. Oh, really? Cassandra's the yeah. the, the one that you're supposed to... Okay, because they show her brother on all the marketing and yeah, stuff like Alexios that. Alexios is on all the box art. And, yeah. Uh, then I think people... uh, going, there was a wonderful little skit that they put onto YouTube with the two voice actors arguing in character who was canon. If you haven't seen that, it's well worth a look. I might need to see that. Cassandra's like one of my favorite characters in a video game. Alexios uh, is one I, of mine. <laughs> really? I see. I might have to go back and play the game just to kind of get his experience mm. because I do like Odyssey. I know it's so hard not to talk about anything. No, game. it's fine. It's fine. It's the prequel. We're allowed. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, essentially I it is. I, I, and I'm trying to think, like, it was months back when I started this this playthrough for Phoenix, and the uh, the character creation, I think, was more or less pretty simple. The, kind of, the game, I remember, really kind of picked up pretty quick. You, you get, like, the storytelling from, like, Zeus and Prometheus. I think Prometheus is literally chained up still to the mountaintop, right? Because that's, like, yep. his fate for, like, giving mankind, like, fire. Like, I do like that they played into these characters. Like, Zeus is a womanizing jerk like he he's not a nice god right but he's like the man right he's like the top god so like he's arrogant i i, I did enjoy some of the characters like personalities but i think aries was out of all of them my my favorite just because i think that the art style really paired well with that character oh, definitely, definitely but not the main character i don't know i think with zeus as well there was one little quip that i wasn't expecting and it was during one of the aries scenes where he's uh, prancing around as a chicken and he says Aphrodite will never love me like this it's illegal and Zeus just quips not illegal and <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that <laughs> oh that's funny I'll be stay out I mean, in your game <laughs> they, they do good humor stuff I mean there's a lot of like you know they they threw I mean yes I mean, Rand said like you're right this game is you know aimed towards a the teenager type d- demographic yeah. but like they throw in a lot of sex jokes that you wouldn't expect Definitely, definitely. And it's uh, at the moments where you don't expect them as well. The moment where you're just about to take a sip of your drink and suddenly your drink ends up on the floor. I mean, and it, they're, they're, they're disguised enough that you might not get the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know, which I think is fine too, it's like, like SpongeBob type humor almost, but I mean, a little more adult than that. Ooh, but like, yeah, yeah. it's stuff that the joke is there <laughs> if you know oh, what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, I you can imagine that. some uh, teenager playing it on Christmas Day or me playing it on Christmas Day. And then uh, 
a joke like that comes on and parents on the sofa just going, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> That's one for me. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, the game, the gameplay loop of just like running around this open world and then you get... The whole point is you get du- you get little dungeons that you unlock, which are essentially shrines from Breath of the Wild, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. from what I remember, Breath of the Wild, and I like parts of that, but mm-hmm. that's what got to me. It's just there were too many shrines, and my and I didn't like. I wanted the puzzle to tell me, okay, I want you to do this. Like, give me some. I mean, after a while, I think my brain got really good at recognizing exactly what the game was trying to say, but. There were times when it was like I would have liked the game to be like, okay, here's a hint of what I want you to do. Figure out how to do it, but at least tell me what you want me to do a little bit more. Yeah. Whereas I would love just a Zelda game of only shrine puzzles because that was my favorite part of Breath of the Wild. Yes. It took me a while to realize the secret to liking Breath of the Wild is the shrines. So mm-hmm. after playing Tears of the Kingdom and going through, I forget their their shrines or temples, but. I really, really, really like the puzzles in Tears of the Kingdom. And now I feel like I have a new appreciation for the, what they wanted me to experience. And I see Zelda now, Breath of the Wild now, as like not an explore and kill game, but rather explore and solve puzzles. And yeah. when I have that mentality, I probably will really like Breath of the Wild now. But like with Phoenix, and I, and I do like this game. I know I'm picking on like, like awesome. you know, the characters and the voice acting, but there, some of the puzzles are actually really fun and rewarding. And other ones are like, I don't want to do this. And, and it's a hard thing to pull off. How do you get people to play these puzzles if it's a big part of the game? But like, like I was working through a big part of the game the other day, and I just wanted to solve this shrine. And it was like multiple stages. And I was like, how long is this? I kind of want to go to bed, but I don't want to <laughs> stop midway. And it took me like a half an hour. And at the point, I was just like, all right, you two, what do you got for me? Because this is this is racking my brain and I don't. I don't, I'm not having fun right now, you know? So sometimes the shrines can be like hit or miss, I think. Was it an anybody. shrine? It's the ones where you go into the, um, those big red, like fire pit, like looking things with oh, the. Oh, so just like a regular thing. one? Yeah, going in there and then like moving like ball, like the one I was working on that I was struggling with was like these big, like little crates and they're attached to like a big crate. Oh, okay. I know it was, that. Like, one I of know Aries that type of puzzle. Or yeah. uh, Athena. It was like Athena's, uh, one of Athena's quests, like her final quest. And I was like, this is not fun. I just want to fight the monsters and be done with it and get the god on my side kind of thing. Yeah, they make the final ones of each god very, very annoying. And okay, long. yeah. They I also save so. your spot, though. In, the, in in those, they actually save what you do part... Every every time you go through a checkpoint, you can save and leave and come back if you wanted to, unlike a normal shrine where if you leave, everything resets. Okay. It says it briefly in one part, like one time when you first enter an essence shrine, I think it tells you. I knew it because of the internet, because I'm a dirty yeah. cheater when I play games. So, <laughs> well, you got three games to finish in the week, so you ain't got time for that. <laughs> oh, I, I do different type of podcasts each week, but yes, I know I, I beat one game a week on average. Oh, uh, that's still impressive. That's, that's still really impressive. good going. It is. It is when you put games like this on the show and go, "Why did I do this?" Because that's what happened during this week, past week. So, how we yeah, well, a big game like that, a big what thirty hour game on average, something like that. I, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I. I had Mega Man X5 before this. I had something else shorter before this. I, I had planned it out so I could get through here without issue. So I gave yeah. myself more time. Well, how many hours? Because I know if you look at um how long to beat.com, I looked at this game and said about 23 hours, 25 hours or something like that. I think I'm just over 30 hours. But I'm also, when I whenever I play an open world game, I explore the whole map and I unlock the towers so I can see the rest of the map because it has like that cloud thing in different areas and like you have to go and 
to the tower to kind of cleanse and clear it out. Yeah. But like, how many hours did you guys log into this one? I think for myself, it was way over 30 hours. Can't remember exactly, but I play open world games exactly the same way you do. If it opens up before me, I've got to go to that tower. I've got to go to that tower. I've got to get rid of all the fog of war. And if there's a load of shinies on the map in front of me, I'm getting those shinies. (laughs) Okay. I just, I was trying to do just the side quest and the main quest and not really screw around with too much other stuff. And then I, the side quest got broken. I said, fuck it. And just went to the main game. (laughs) I was about 27 hours. Okay. So, I mean, and I did some shrines, but the, I pretty quickly, I stopped doing shrines that weren't mandatory. So, if okay, so we all can't, I think we all have like a different experience with this game, right? I've been working in this game on and off since it came out, which is how I play a lot of open world games. Like, I can't, Tears of the Kingdom is really the first one I've ever nonstop played until I beat it, but like, I've been going in and out, but like, do you, like, I know Ian loved it. I I actually think this is a good game. There's just things you got to know about it, but like, overall, Mike, did you, because you're not really playing the way they wanted you to, right? They wanted you to take your time and explore the shrines and do the puzzles. But, like, how do you feel about it doing it the way, like, you kind of main quested it, I guess? I enjoyed it, actually, for the most part. I mean, especially once I stopped being an idiot and put the game on story difficulty. Yeah. And just accepted <laughs> my fate and said, like, because the combat was fun, but it, it suffered the, the idea of some enemies just are a bit too tanky for my because the game wanted you to do more shrines and wanted you to get more powerful so mm-hmm. it's set up that way so you'd be more powerful in it i'm like that's not how i want to play this but no i had fun once i got into it i got into this game like big time and i was just i was having a good time with it it's just sometimes my brain couldn't wrap around what the game wanted it to do and i'm like well i want you to tell me what to do and then i'll do it <laughs> i don't want right. to figure i don't want to like this game has a lot of environmental puzzles where you come to an area and you'll tell you'll know it's a puzzle, you'll know there's a reward, but you got to figure out what the puzzle is. Yeah, I don't like. Well, that. yes, which which is kind of what Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom does. But I will say those arrow uh, puzzles are probably my favorite. I those are fun. Really like those kind of guide the missile, guide the arrow through the hoops and hit the with the fire and like light it up. Those are always fun. I love those. Yeah, I, I did all those almost every time, especially when I could slow down my arrows. <laughs> yeah, once you get that ability to control the speed, yeah. There's a lot of unlockables. Like, that's the thing that I think this game does well is, like, yeah, the the, the action, the, the combat is just like Assassin's Creed, especially the later ones. You know, you use, your, like, your bumpers and triggers to do, like, the heavy and light attack. So it's just like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, even from the special abilities that you get. But what I like is, even though this is a more simple game. I would say a lot of Ubisoft games are pretty simple, but I I would say that like, but, but like the, the abilities, they're actually overwhelming. There's like so many things you can upgrade. And I, I I always like that because like, that lets me have control over how I want to explore this game where like in Zelda, and I know those games are regarded as some of the best games like these, those open world games, the link you get in the beginning is the link you get at the end. Like his weapons are going to break. There's no abilities to really learn. I mean, you can a little bit like you, especially with like Tears of the Kingdom, but but overall, it's a very, very basic game, and it's great. But this game, like, I do feel like I crafted the character I wanted. Like, I'm more of a person who uses a bow and arrow, so I can upgrade that character so that way when I'm fighting these bosses, I can just keep my distance and, and get headshots or I don't know. So I, I find, like, that kind of game loop rewarding because that's the character I wanted to make, you know? And I think that's important with a game that's throwing quests, side quests, 
there's loot. There's so much stuff you can collect and explore and, and find here and there. And then like it's just the puzzles. So, but some yeah. of those puzzles you can't solve until you, which is kind of annoying because like I got the one puzzle, I was like halfway through it, and then I was like, oh shit, I can't lift this up. It is too heavy. I have to upgrade, and I have to go to the Hall of Gods <laughs> to yeah, upgrade that, my character. Why can't I just upgrade yes, here? That like annoyed me. Like I literally have to abandon this quest and then <laughs> go upgrade it. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know that's what that was. I got every so often I would get somewhere with something. Oh, your powers are not good enough, you know, to come back here later. And I just said, OK, and I never came back, of course. But I didn't realize it was because I didn't upgrade my God powers enough. So I didn't I did some upgrades, but I really was just doing combat upgrades. Yeah, I, I upgraded absolutely everything in that game. I uh, find myself in games like this where you can go off on little tangents and find all the, I keep saying shinies, it's Ambrosia in this one, isn't it? Um, yeah, I keep finding those things, upgrading. <laughs> then when I go to do a certain quest, let's. this happens in Assassin's Creed games all the time, where they'll say, I want you to go into this particular building and take everyone out. Be careful, it'll be heavily guarded. And I'll look at the building and go, oh, that building, I just killed everyone inside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, in those games, they tempt you because they'll have, like, the they'll have like I don't know if it's like a crown icon or what, but, like, oh, that's an, like, elite character. And, like, yeah. I love taking those guys because they usually have good loot on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, yeah, then you meet somebody who's like, oh, they, like, stole from my farm. Like, they're already dead. <laughs> already slaughtered them. I, I mean, say as well, I'm surprised it's taken us over 30 minutes to mention Zelda and breakable weapons. <sighs> I mean, weapons don't break in this game. That was a plus. I know. I was like, Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, I, that's that's what turned me off of Breath of the Wild immediately was like I'd be Same. fighting a moblin mm-hmm. and I'd go through my weapon, his weapon, and some and something else I picked up and I'm like, fuck this game. That's why I quit, by the way. Mike, <laughs> nothing like doing a quest fighting. Yeah. Well that yeah. you could you'll spend like an hour doing a quest, fighting all these creatures, get this like really cool weapon, and then you're just exploring, doing shrines, and you fight some matches between and you're wasting this awesome weapon on like basic characters. And it's just great. I just like, the, like, so then you start hoarding these weapons and I'm like, my inventory is full and maybe I'm just not understanding how to play it. But like that breaking weapons should be something I can turn on and off. I know that's probably like sacrilegious. I think at least with the, do you agree in like with tears of the kingdom, the fusing ability, they solve that. Cause like, it, at least to me, I was like, all right, it's not that big of a deal because I can find a stick and put a rock on it. And now it's pretty mm. strong. But in this game, it felt good because I've been playing the hell out of Tears of the Kingdom. But getting into this one, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm just going to go to town on these guys. And Exactly. I, f- I felt exactly the same way. I couldn't get into Breath of the Wild the way I wanted to because of the breaky weapons. Although, like I say, watching my girlfriend play it, and she's really, really good at this whole switching out weapons, switching for arrows at the right time. I'm getting old. I don't have the uh, reaction time these days. But uh, in... This game, like you say, just being able to melee away at any uh, character, it, it just felt powerful. It just felt good. It just felt comfortable. And the arrow system. Oh, my God. Because, like, again, I keep comparing this game to other games. That's I just right. think you can't. You know, yeah, I just think this, you cannot. This is but that like type in, of game. It's a, but, react, it's a reaction to other open world games that came out before it, simply. Yeah, it's like how Ghost of Tsushima is kind of like the ultimate PS4 oh, open world game. I love that game. Yeah. I love that game. Although that game, there's no tunnels, there's no underground, there's no going in the caves and get Ghost of Tsushima. So next time they make one of those games, I need to explore my goddamn caves. That's open world games always have caves. But anyways, but like with Breath of the Wild, the arrows, like 
you had like different arrows and it was really annoying. You got to get like the fire arrow, the ice arrow, like you had to like manage not only your weapons and shields, but also your arrows. Not fun. And then with Tears of the Kingdom, at least they made it one arrow. There's just one arrow. And if you want to fuse something to it, you can like, okay, that's cool. But this game, I love the arrow system. It sounds so weird, but like they, it's a magical sword. I'm sorry. It's a magical bow and arrow. So your arrows automatically replenish. So let's say I have up to 12 arrows at any time. When I use them, and I can upgrade it to see how fast they like replenish, but they'll just magically replenish. To me, that is a great game mechanic because it keeps me in the game. I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm out of arrows. I got to find arrows or I got to make my arrows. I just want to, I love shooting arrows and it's fun. Yeah. And I just don't want any game game mechanic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I I I think that's a big selling point is the, is the, the combat is, is fun. Yeah. Especially on story difficulty. I mean, once you can just mop the floor with everybody, it is nice. You're like a god. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to play this on easy just because I wanted there to be some challenge. But they were there were times like what broke me was I think I was doing the Aphrodite stuff. I think I stayed on easy for most of the first section of the game. And then it got to a point where I'm like, I used up eight health potions in one fight because I'm just like, I just wasn't doing good enough with the dodging and blocking where I'm like, this is not working for me. I need to lower the difficulty. That's what broke. So you you beat you guys probably beat the story, right? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. All right. I'm one of those people who I have. It takes me years to complete an open world story. I even before this episode, I was just like, all right, now I have a goal. I know exactly when the date is. I'm going to beat the story. And I c- kept getting distracted by the shrines and exploring. So I'm like, you know what? They can tell me if it's rewarding or not. Would you say? Beating the, especially Mike, because I know you have more. Like, I already know Ian's already shown his card. He loves this game. But, like, (laughs) do you now, after beating it, do you find it's one of those games where it's more about the journey than the destination? Or did you enjoy that final fight at the end? It's like, yeah, that was a good way to end this game. Okay. uh, Well, for one thing, which this was weird to, this is going to be weird to say, as as I didn't like the puzzles, I loved the final dungeon puzzle for some reason it clicked for me perfectly because it took a little bit of everything you've already done and had you do it again, but differently. And it made you remember stuff. And I, I liked it. I liked the ending of this game and going through in the final boss fights and what it was, but I'm also a guy who beats almost every single game. I start, right? I, there's a few, there's only been a few games that where I just breath of the wild being one of them where I just, just fall (laughs) off and say, I am done. I cannot do this. It's, but it's not often that I, that I give up. When I start something, that's why I'm also careful what I play. But no, no, I, I, I think it's rewarding to finish. I mean, the journey is the main thing of the game. Especially you don't care about the story. I mean, I mean, we'll spoil it as we as we talk because there's not much to the story. As you find out, well, no, okay, I'm just gonna spoil it right now. Spoilers if you care about Phoenix Wright's story, which you don't. <laughs> that's not why you're here. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, you find out that your brother actually is working for the Titan for the villain this whole time. Okay. I had a, I had a hunch that was going on because yeah. so he makes his appearance. Appearances he's working stuff. for him. And then you fight, you fight him. And then he realizes that he's being tricked by the, by the Titan. And then you end up fighting. You fight the, the Titan that you've been, you know, seeing the whole game, you know, ah, Hey, he's the final boss, but they do a cool moment where each of the gods show up and help you in the fight in a different way. So it's, they make it epic. So that was cool. And then you find out this whole time that this is a real spoiler, that you are the daughter son of Zeus. So, oh, whoa, didn't I see mean, that coming. It did, <laughs> I didn't see it coming because they make a comment like, oh, yeah, you're Hermes's, you know, Hermes's child. I'm like, OK, that makes sense. That's why he's helping you. But it turns out you're Zeus's child because there's one like little quip that early in this game where Zeus is like, 
why can she? Why can Phoenix pick up Thunderbolts? Only I can carry Thunderbolts. Oh. I don't understand. He's like, don't worry about it. Huh. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think any of that takes away. Like I'm not. No, like, I mean oh, it's not. Darn. You know, like I, I think that's actually kind of that's actually interesting. It actually makes the story a little more interesting now that there is a catch. I mean, it is cool. I mean, I, I did have a good time with this game. I mean, I was annoyed at times, sure. But overall, like, I had a very good experience. I mean, this is not a game that you should play when you have, like, a week, two-week time <laughs> time limit. Like, it's not yeah. made for that. And, that. and that's not the game's fault. That's a me thing. So I, I, mean, I can't. I, I don't I hold the game. I I played it over the uh, Christmas period of uh, 2020 into 2021, and Every single year, there's usually an Assassin's Creed game comes out around mm-hmm. that time. And in this particular year, it was Immortals Phoenix Rising. But, uh, I've got that mental thing in my mind. I've got to get this done before I go back to work in January. <laughs> but see, you also weren't working. I, I was working. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, I get that. I mean, that's just and it was OK for that. It just there were times where I would have liked not to feel rushed. But I I still wouldn't have done all the dungeons. Even if I was playing this game pre podcast, I would have just been done. I would have lost interest in those dungeons quickly because the puzzles are just too much for me yeah personally i mean it, it has a lot in it though i mean it has a lot of fighting oh, yeah. it has a lot of things to collect like i think like I, I think i said this earlier but like if you see this game on sale for under 20 dollars, i think it's like it's worth it great because you're gonna get you, you, know, you ever like you ever buy a game for like 70 bucks and then you know 10 minutes maybe like a, maybe the next day you're like shit this is not worth full price like i personally don't think i'm gonna get that value out of this but this game, I think, the sweet spot would be if you see this for twenty dollars or less. This is going to be very rewarding. You're going to get your money's worth. There's tons for, for you to do. I think it has a lot of charm in in some manner, and then something. It's like I wish they didn't do that. But overall, I think <laughs> we're all leaning on that there is a charm. There is something special here. It's a shame that Ubisoft won't be able to make a sequel to it at least anytime soon. But maybe a cult falling will get something. But I think if they just I think if they spent more time with the art, uh, art direction, maybe like really, who is this for? What do we want to do? Like, I ma- just give us a character, you know, like just make, don't even let us choose. Just give us one character and let us fall in love with this character, this world, the music. But it was just to me, as fun as it is, like everything that they did creative wise as an IP, it's just like, well, what were you thinking? The name is not telling us anything. Like it means nothing. Who's Phoenix? Immortals? Like all this stuff. Like it's not a fun name. The art direction is cute and it visually is stunning at least on the new consoles right with the, oh yeah like the 60 frames like it's beautiful especially after playing like tears of the kingdom on switch it's just like man this is so <laughs> much like imagine if tears of the kingdom looked like this you know but i don't know i, like, I wanted some... phoenix to be kid icarus i wanted to be pit dude why that's what went through be... my head when i first oh saw this game God. i'm like that should be pit yeah dude, could that. you imagine if they made pit this game oh see see mike now you like that is yeah we're never getting that but yes <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean they, I, made a clone. I, they made kid icarus, kid icarus uprising which i've yet to play and i want to and i've heard bad things about it it's oh, okay it's on my list to get to someday it's, it's okay it just depends if i can play it on a pc or not that's that's the big thing because mm. i i hate giving controls that's why i hate the wii so much yeah, you won't like it then. <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't played it. <laughs> yeah, although I can uh, say with the uh, idea of this being a potential IP, you know, the Immortals something something, you know, for this potential second one, you can see it in a few years' time if they do decide to come back to this IP. I imagine a lot of the uh, headlines are already writing themselves. Phoenix rises from the grave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the IP is there. It exists. It sounds like they're not going to do anything with it, but Ubisoft has a problem i think with this where 
they are everybody makes fun of them right like oh zelda is so popular and it's because there's in like elden ring it's so awesome because there's no icons ubisoft loads their games like far cry watch dogs far cry and yeah watch dogs it's yeah, just like icon right. city so you get to turn them all off and i think again if this team would just take a step back and stop being so reactionary to the industry it's like why don't you friggin lead for once like you did with Assassin's Creed back in the day, but you've been kind of riding that for the longest time. It's very formulaic. You kind of know what you're getting. Where at least Zelda games, they keep reinventing themselves. Mario, like Nintendo is really good at remaking their IPs in some capacity. This just felt like let's literally just take Odyssey and smash it with Breath of the Wild. And it's so obviously, guys, you can't do that. You can't you can't be DC and watch Marvel and say, let's just do what they're doing. It's not it doesn't work in the numbers show. And it's a shame because I think if they made a real character, they said Phoenix is a female, and we're just going to make this awesome character, and we're going to spend more time building out this world. I think they really could have had a hit here. It's a yeah. shame. Um, you need a character to market. You do. And like, what's the theme song? There's some good, too. I was listening to this with headphones, and there's some really good jams on this uh, game. I just can't remember the theme song, and I think you need to have a good theme song, you know? You just got to have a banger more... hit. I mean, I do like the fact that this game kind of had an order it wanted you to do it in, which I appreciate better than Breath of the Wild. And that's what also turned me off Breath of the Wild, that it wasn't like I didn't know what. Well, I still play the game when I couldn't look up stuff, and I don't I don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> because in this game, like for some of the puzzles, I had to YouTube a couple puzzles because I just yep. my brain was just like, I don't understand what no and soon I'm like, oh, that's simple. But yeah, it just wouldn't click sometimes or I couldn't find certain things. There were a couple times, but oh, the fucking doors, I couldn't, I would hit it and it wouldn't open. And then I put the box back on the thing and it would open. And my four year old's like, daddy, daddy, just hit the button first. And then I'm like, oh my God, it was so easy. I was uh-huh. overthinking. They happened so many times. Yeah. It's a game that makes you overthink for some reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you guys run into, I'm assuming you both did the legendary monsters that are like scattered throughout the realm. Oh yeah. I yeah, like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know what they did other than give me a lot of experience, but I, I enjoyed fighting them. I think it was one of the quest lines later on. You have to beat oh. so many legendary monsters. I can't remember exactly. I'm sure there was a trophy attached to it. Uh, probably. Yeah. I just killed everything I, I, I saw. If it was legendary, I'm like, oh, you got a health bar. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I also did. I also really like how each region you go to Ares, Aphrodite, Aphrodite, Art, Artemis, and what the hell is the other guy's name? I know it's not Hepatitis, but it's close. <laughs> I can't. Remember the black yeah, the hepatitis thing. region. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> but I I do like how you fight. You have legendary like legendary heroes from Greek mythology that are now turned into like race that are hunting you. One is I think it's, it's oh, uh, yes Atlanta Perse. I think it's not Perseus. It's Odysseus Hercules. Odysseus? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's someone else. I killed all four, and I really like that because their dungeons were really just combat heavy dungeons, and that was nice yeah. to me. You just yeah. went in you. Did a I quick agree. puzzle and you fought a bot. That, that was, was a good game loop for me as well. I like that as well. Yeah, and I that was a cool thing because like in Breath of the Wild, Ganon will reset the world and all the monsters you killed off come back to life. And like the sky gets like dark red and you know Zelda starts talking about whatever and like all right, it's it's creepy, but like nothing really happens except the, the monsters come back to life. In Phoenix, I thought it was really cool because like when Typhon reminded you he's like the main villain, he was like, yo. He's like, I am so mad at you. And then he like makes the, the sky like dark red and flames and everywhere. And it gets like kind of creepy with it, with this cartoonish look. But then like he sends these, they're wraiths, right? Is that what they were? Like yeah. these, 
Yeah. And they when I was playing a normal mode, I got my ass kicked. And like it's like in the Matrix, like you see an agent, you do what we do, you run. Right. And that, that's what I was doing. But then when easy turned into story mode, I'm, I'm like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. And I just beat the <laughs> hell out of them. And that was fun playing those. I like those. That was urgency. There's one thing I can't remember. When the wraiths arrived, did it actually pause the gameplay and go into a cutscene? Or did it actually let you play through Typhon warning you? I think it was just the first time it's a cutscene. And then after right. that, they, they seemed pretty random. Because I was doing like a puzzle on outside or something like that. And... um. It just like attacked me out of nowhere. I think so it's that's... random. I wouldn't be surprised it's based on something, but I I didn't. Normally, what I like to do for these games, and I completely forgot to, is watch a uh, awesome games done quick commentary, and they'll say a lot of stuff that you wouldn't know otherwise. But I did not do that this time. Is that something that uh, I couldn't quite remember whether it was a cutscene or whether it was playable? Because in like you said, Breath of the Wild, it's playable every every single time. Is it after the um, first time? It it, it just. You just start hearing him yell and taunt you, yeah. and then I'd be like, oh, crap. And then I'd go hunt yeah, the Wraith and I kill him. I just couldn't remember whether it was playable. Because in Breath of the Wild, it's not. Every single time the Red Moon happens, you've mm-hmm. got to listen to Sad Zelda doing that entire same monologue over and over again. And the and rises that's, over the that's the one. Yeah. And every single time, all I could think was, what a horrible night to have a curse. <laughs> I know. It's just like, buzzkill. Like, let yeah. me just skip this. Don't get pause it. the game to tell me this. Just let me play it. Let me have fun. Yeah, maybe the first time it's a cutscene, but it it because I had it happen to me a lot just for the course of good. Well, it would right. only happen to me once each region because then I would just kill the wraith and make it go away. Once I was, I was, I was, I'm like I'm on story difficulty because if you kill the wraith, it then points you out where their dungeon is, and I would just go murder them. Mm. Like I don't want to deal with you ever again in my in this region. <laughs> yeah, that's just one thing I couldn't remember. So uh, it, it's been a while since I actually played it, but there's a lot still stuck in my mind, which is why I love it so much, really. No, it's not a bad game. I mean, it's no. also a cheap ass game. Like this game is always on sale. I mean, that's yeah, what is it? Cheap-ass okay. Then definitely get if it's on sale. Absolutely. So if you I like mean, Greek mythology, you have a more modern console, and you want to see a very beautiful game. Like it is definitely worth checking out. I think. Like I, I would recommend it, it to people, especially if people had issues with Breath of the Wild. breaking like weapon breaking. If that, if that literally stopped you from playing that game, but you want to get that experience. This is like next best, next best thing I would say out there. Absolutely. So I, 100%. I bought this game for Switch for ten bucks at a at a random toy swap. Oh, thing. you play? Okay. So you played this on no, Switch? I didn't play that version. Oh. I bought it, and then I was like, and then I was, and, I, and then on Steam it went on sale, or no, Fanatical went on sale for twenty bucks for the whole collection with all the DLC. Yeah. So then I grabbed that and I played it because I wanted to play on Steam Deck, but I was an idiot and forgot that Fanatical is Ubisoft and. Ubisoft okay. Store, not Steam, and it was you can make Steam games, you can make Ubisoft games, EA games work on a Steam Deck, but I was having, I struggled with it because it's not as simple, and I, okay. so I just played this on the laptops. So I couldn't get. I would have rather played this on a Steam Deck. It would have been more fun for me just to have the handheld and go. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean it's just to, to get back to my. But the, the thing is though, this game is constantly on sale for like ten bucks for the main game on Steam and twenty bucks for the for the all the DLC. And there's three DLC which I we won't go into on this, but there's a lot of games. Tempted. Mm-hmm. So that big island, that big like snowy mountain region off in the distance, <laughs> off the main island, is that DLC? No, no. Is that part of the game? Yes. Oh, see, I even got into a whole. Oh, you didn't like it? It's the final area for when you climb to get to the mountain. Yeah. It stays clouded the entire time, and they introduce the part that made me really dislike this game. They introduce ice wind in areas where the game says we don't want you to go here. So if you go here, you lose all your stamina and die. Don't go there. Okay. They do it often, so you have to 
climb. You have to go the path they want you to go. It's very, it's a structure, but you go through that entire island that you see. You are, you are, you are wandering around there, following a path, and it is, it was not fun. Okay. The only thing I'll say about the DLC, just one thing, is that if you are interested in it, the first DLC is just puzzles. So. You might want to avoid that one. All right, we're skipping that one on the show. All right. <laughs> yeah. The second one, uh, you still play as Phoenix in the first one, but it's uh, on Mount Olympus and you just do lots and lots of puzzles. The second one, it's the same premise, but it's in ancient China. It looks and ooh. that's got its own story, its own main character, its own Chinese gods, and that's lovely. Uh, that sounds awesome. Thir- mm, that is great. The third one, for some reason, it turned it into a top-down kind of Diablo thing, and I didn't enjoy it. I, okay. I saw like reviews of it, and I really, really want to play. It. I almost did after this, but I'm like, no, you gotta play other games. Like, mm. but the second DLC, the I can't, I think it was called Call of the Gods, the uh, Chinese yeah. one, was fantastic. Okay, that's pretty cool though that they took this game and said, what else can we do with it with the DLC? And yeah. like, they like, hey, for the people who like the puzzles, here's more puzzles. Yeah. Hey, if you want another story, like here's ancient China. I think that is such a cool move mm-hmm. that they made it. They kind of thought about the the different user types, right? And like, right, and then the, like the last one is like maybe somebody that wants to do something totally different. They move the camera, I, even if it's not even that great. It, it, I still gotta yeah, applaud well, them, but I gotta okay. applaud them to like take their engine and just say, hey, let's just move the camera and just keep the game that we have here more or less and just adjust it for like a different way of playing it. I gotta say, Ubisoft, that is pretty cool. It's just a shame that like this game didn't really get a huge audience, you know, for them to be doing it. Because they don't do that with Assassin's Creed. Imagine if like, they had a four-player Assassin's Creed Diablo mode, like as an option. Like that's something pretty interesting there. But yeah, huh. yeah I'll probably check out the DLC. Especially um, if you have it. I mean, I, I don't think I'd go out of my way, but for, like for twenty bucks for the whole collection, I was like, that's worth it. That I mean, it's a it. case of I've got the platinum trophy and now it's taken my hundred percent away. I've got to get that hundred percent back. <laughs> well, I will give you an excuse to play those if you want to talk about them in the future. I, I need time to go away, but to go back yeah. to what Brandon was saying, no, I, I originally thought that other island was DLC too. I was not happy when I found out that I had to <laughs> go and run across this entire island. It's all in clouds, so I can't see. And you have to follow set paths. You have to try to follow roads. You run into a mm-hmm. couple like puzzles you have to do to progress. I, I got stuck at a part that was really pissing me off. I mean, I was getting mad. <laughs> Where you had to like fl- you had to fly up on a, on a vent, essentially like an air vent, and then glide over, but you barely have enough time because your stamina bar is dropping. And I didn't That's... have like I didn't I only did some shrines. I didn't have a ton of stamina. Right. And that was an issue. Like it was yep. it it was bad. I'm like, don't tell me you're gonna I'm gonna have to go do other stuff in this game now. Like I'm not okay with that. And I, I got it, but you just had to like you you had to make sure as soon as you went up in the air you started pressing forward or you I would not make it otherwise because I'd lose too much stamina. Right. And and it yeah, it, it's long. It's a very long part to get to that final and it's not even the final area. Like you go there and then the final area is that which I thought was is the is the volcano in the center is where the final dungeon boss is. Yeah, the bit that gave me very um Saints Row four get out of hell kind of vibes. <laughs> I never played that, unfortunately. There's a there's another puzzle that we haven't really talked about. I actually like these ones. Now that I think about it, it's it's like you go to an area and there will be like a grid, and it's um these like little I don't know. You basically put like these blue orbs in these things, and you have to put the blue orb in the right spot to match like the kind of the puzzle or the diagram yes. in front of you. What I liked about those is um 
it was a contained area. So in the middle of this area, you can look around like, okay, I know where I got to put the four or five orbs and I can see two of them and they'll have like a red lock. Red means bad usually, right? Like, so blue is usually good in this game. Well, enemy types are, if, if it's blue, it's bad. But but when it comes to puzzles, yeah, the coloring is a little bit weird there. But but I love I love that moment where I can like, oh, there's mini puzzles surrounding me right now. It's kind of like um, if you ever do an escape room, you're in one area and you have all these things to like solve to kind of achieve, you know, escaping the room or whatever. And this is like, I forget what you get rewarded. And do you, do you remember, you probably did a lot of these. Do you, what, is, what is the, if you solve like those five orbs and get them and put them on this grid and match the pattern, like what do you get at, at the just like experience or? Yeah, you, you've just hit the nail on the head for why I love those puzzles actually, because I love escape rooms. Uh, I'm absolutely addicted to them. And just having that, central hub and then lots of smaller puzzle rooms coming off that uh, central grid and you literally just hit the nail on the head as to why i love them so much uh i think the reward was some ambrosia but again it's been a while okay ambrosia is like the big currency that uh, that you use to upgrade your character I yeah. think. it's for health yeah for health. ambrosia's health, health. Okay. zeus lightning bolts are for stamina coins of charon or sharon are for upgrading new abilities Okay. Then there's all the different colored orbs, blue, red, purple, yellow, that you get from killing enemies that used upgrade your weapons and potions. Oh, speaking of killing, I love the animation of killing monsters in this game. I love it. It never got old. You know how like some games they have an animation and it just repeats. It's like, yeah, I've seen it done that kind of thing. But like this game, there's nothing like beating a monster and just seeing it blast off in slow motion, barreling into the sky and just turning into like <laughs> particles and dot. And it's just the animation <laughs> on the on the the creature deaths is uh, great. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's very pretty. I mean, this game is very very pretty. No, uh, no weather system though. You know how again Breath of the Wild and such, but like <laughs> there's rain. You know, if you're wearing like metal armor. It'll get electrocuted, so you gotta take off your like your metal armor in that game. In this yeah. game, it's beautiful, but no, uh, no rain. You know, no you're rain. really not selling me on making myself play Breath of the Wild later this year. By the way, <laughs> oh, you you don't you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't have a choice now. <laughs> I made it public. Oh, the crazy man. thing is, I've just a couple of days ago got a brand new copy of Breath of the Wild from Play Asia with the um, expansion packs on the cartridge. So I kind of feel like I have to play it again. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I have to, unfortunately. Five, well, I want to do something big for our five-year anniversary of this podcast. So I was like, what that's game that. can I do that's big that I need to do? So that's all Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Does it get bigger than that? I mean, do you guys play Skyrim? Do you like Skyrim as a style of open world? No, I also never played Skyrim. Oh, what? I know. I played Oblivion, and I I got all the achievements for it back in the day. Okay. I thousand-pointed it, and I did everything, and but I've never touched Skyrim. And I'm okay. in a similar position. I didn't get too far in Skyrim. When I played the Bethesda game, I played Fallout 3, and that was the Bethesda game for me. But uh, Skyrim, I think, came at a very strange time, and it, I just couldn't get into it as much as I did Fallout 3 or even Morrowind back in the day. I don't know what it okay. was about Skyrim, but it's still on my to playlist. Well, I want to bring that up because like, it's an open world, and it's like, you can do the main quest or you can do whatever you want. But like that's my problem. one thing that I think this game, you know, Immortals and Breath of the Wild and so forth is they don't have inhabitants in the world. And that's one thing that I when I play like Skyrim, like I might be like 
chasing a monster or doing a quest, but I might come across a village. And in that village, there's just, I'm just talking, I don't know, just seeing people living in this world always, it's like something I always like in an open world game. And I, I wish I saw it more. And I wish this game had people in it. I know it's, that wouldn't make sense because it's kind of like a, a world for the gods, but if there was some more inhabitants, if there's like soldiers that you come across in, in mortals, but yeah, but like you barely come across them in, in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. And when you do it, it is nice and refreshing. But I wish like this mm-hmm. game had some kind of, even if it was like lesser gods, like small demigods or something like that, that like lived here. I just wish there was more of a living, like, living I don't world. say it. Like, uh, yeah, I almost say living world, but like, yeah, people living in it other than just like animals and gods. Like, I feel like there was an opportunity to like, have some side quests just from characters. I don't know, because like Ubisoft does that. They make villages all the time in their Assassin's Creed games. So that's one thing I, I kind of wish that they had in okay. this. But it's a really good point. I've not thought about that. I mean, I didn't think about it either. I didn't mind it because yeah. they have to do fetch quests or things. But I get where you're coming from. Yeah, story-wise, like, you, you it work... makes sense that all the uh, inhabitants have been turned, all the humans, mortals, have been turned to stone. But oh. you're, absolute, you're absolutely right that there could have been more um, gods or demigods there. Um, even if it was in a kind of more uh, Elden Ring kind of setting where you just sparingly come across NPCs and they say something cryptic. But you're right, there's no uh, very little interaction with any characters other than the main quest. Oh, and, and Brandon, you also find out who turned everybody to stone is not who you think it was. It wasn't was Aphrodite, Zeus. was it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I always thought it was like Typhon did it. You find out it's Zeus that did it. Oh, okay. Interesting. You also find out that Prometheus had Typhon or had Atlas, one of the other Titans, break out Typhon, and it was a whole thing. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll have to finish the story uh, over time. You know, like. Oh, yeah. No, don't. Don't play this game in a week or two weeks like that. I mean, just eventually get to it because it's definitely worth. I mean, again, it's hard for me to say because I finish almost every game I start just because. Mm-hmm. But I think it was worth. It's worth a place. It's worth finishing it up and just say, okay, I beat the story. I'm done. You know, I never go back to it. <laughs> I I mean, I must be like 50, 60 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I'm like 30 hours into Breath of the Wild. I had to really force myself through that 30 hours with Tears of the Kingdom. It really hooked me. All the things that I had issues with, they solved in Tears of the Kingdom. Right. And I would say if you love that game and a lot of people do and you're looking at this game like, but I want to play Greek mythology. It's on sale. Is it worth it? It's definitely worth it. It's it's definitely going to um, satisfy you um, with the gameplay, the visuals. I, I think the puzzles are genuinely good. And sometimes like like we were talking about those blue orbs or like shooting the arrow. Like those are really fun. Yeah. And, and me, who's like so deep into Tears of the Kingdom, I was afraid that like, man, I, you know, I want to talk about this game. I want to say it's worth playing. I want to, you know, get on Mike's podcast and talk about this game. But am I going to have this re- reaction now going back to it after playing Tears of the Kingdom and be like, this game sucks. Thank God I didn't. I, 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 the only thing that jarred me is if you play Tears of the Kingdom, there's a brilliant thing they added where it's like there's, a, um, there's like the main level world. There's the depths. Under the map, there's a whole map underneath the main world. And then there's also a whole map up in the sky. And when I played Tears of the Kingdom, you start up in the uh, in the clouds in the sky, right? And you're like, it looked like they saw immortals. And it's like, man, that art direction is kind of fun. Let's steal some of that Greek mythology, right? So it's weird yeah. because I think there's some kind of, in some capacity, they had to influence the art direction for Tears of the Kingdom. But like, Oh, yeah, I can see that. But like... When you go from Tears of the Kingdom to this game, the one thing that is kind of weird is how 
you look at the beautiful sky in the game and you can't do anything. Where in Tears of the Kingdom, I can at any time look up and see a hovering platform or something and like I can explore the skies. And I'm thinking, man, now if they were to make a sequel to this game, they would have to do that. Because I feel, think about Greek mythology, like the gods of the sky, because gods are like gods of things, right? Those gods of water, gods of fire and all that stuff. Like imagine if they got to make the sequel, the immortals would have had something to do with like levels like platforming in the sky and then they would have had some cool like hades would have been hanging out with you under in the underground and like doing that I, I it's a shame that this game won't have the 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 proper sequel that it should get because i think seeing tears of the kingdom now even though i'm kind of picking on immortals for copying breath of the wild but i think that if they had a chance to copy tears of the kingdom and like really take their time give us a real character you know maybe make it a little bit more mature like they could have a massive hit because some of us want to play those game, like Zelda games. We just hate the combat in it, you know? And, like, this game could have been for the people who are like, yeah, how about that? But just with our fighting mechanic instead. So, I don't know. I just keep thinking about what could have been with this franchise. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Just lamenting that sequel that should be but just won't. And just thinking about all the things that, like you say, in that back and forth between Ubisoft and Nintendo, it's like, we can do this. Oh, we can do that better. Oh, we can do this. I'm looking for that next step now. It's like, okay, we can do this. But if it's not going to be Immortals, it's going to be something else that takes that next step. But I would yeah. have loved it to be in Immortals too. We'll get a sequel, I think, at some point. Just not, not soon. But I think, I think at some point. Like uh, Beyond Good and Evil too. Uh, okay, I don't think this will be in hiatus. Like, I mean, that's never happening. <laughs> that's okay. Beyond Good and Evil is not a good game. So. I don't like it, it is not. I tried playing it. I'm like, boring. <laughs> Same. I beat it, actually, because me. I haven't done it for this podcast yet. I've been meaning to because I want to see if my opinion has changed since I beat it before. But I, oh, I have yeah. to play it then, and I don't want to. So I got halfway through it and switched off. But no, I know people love that game. But no, Beyond Good Evil 2, never, never happening, guys. Like That, that game's over with. <laughs> I remember when I worked at Target and I remember seeing we had we had we had like laptop screens set up or something. And one and one of the trailers was showing Beyond Good and Evil 2. And this was back in 2009. Yeah. We are yeah, now in 2023. It's not happening. No, so. <laughs> that's a shame. Say never. We said never about Alan Wake 2. And that's a month away from releasing. So, oh, yeah, but that, that wasn't 20. Wasn't, there. Yeah, yeah, maybe I. I just I think Ubisoft is not gonna. But Ubisoft is so weird. Like when you play this game, it it makes you wonder. Like what is going on with Ubisoft? Because again, I think we said that like in the first thirty seconds of this episode, it's just like you can't not see Assassin's Creed and Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild when you play this. And it's just like when I look at Ubisoft and their history they have with their games. If you played Far Cry two or three, you've played Far Cry six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> yeah. If you played Assassin's Creed, like they they're very formulaic. Yeah, and, and I, I'm okay with that in Assassin's Creed. I'm okay with it too, but like when you create a new IP, make a new IP, and I just feel like Ubisoft has a lot of IP. They do have a lot of IPs. They have the Division, right? They have like Tom Clancy games, correct? Isn't that them? Yeah, yeah. Ubisoft. So like they have the ability to make new IPs. It's just weird that when they made this one, it was such a hybrid mix, and it's it's maybe it's just my own thing. I've been hung up this whole conversation. It's just. <laughs> If they would have just not relied on reacting to what Nintendo was doing and just like you are got you guys are really good at making your own games. Own this and go and make it. Don't make a clone of Nintendo. But also Breath of the Wild was one of what the best selling games of all time. I know, but it's hard to clone other people's success. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't just chase those fads, can you? Otherwise, no. 
going to be in the same situation where every single game is Fortnite again. Yeah, Battlefield's yeah. trying to be Call of Duty, and it's yeah. not working. And it's almost gone away. Like, Battlefield used to be its own thing, and it's, yeah. like, trying to... And I said earlier, like, DC sees the success that Marvel's having with their movies, and they're not having the same success. And it's because you're trying to copy, do something different. Like, what could you do? Like, to me, I always tell people, DC should just make super villain origins and build up to your Thanos is Batman. So build up those villains to be like, fall in love with Joker, the Riddler, Poison Ivy, fall in love with all those characters. So Mm -hmm. that way, when they fight Batman, you're torn. Because it's the same thing with these heroes. Like, I kind of get Thanos. But like he is the bad guy. Like I like there's a I just see these people like kind of copy like okay Ubisoft. What could you have done? Maybe you're a bad guy instead of being a hero. Maybe you're a bad guy. You know, make it interesting. Do something different. But again, they just they I don't know. I don't know. This game is like frustrating. It's fun to play, but like I get <laughs> I get frustrated with like the creative no, decisions fair. that they made. That's completely fair. Mm. To to go on the other uh, to on your last thing on that point with Marvel, even Marvel's not doing <laughs> the Marvel thing isn't working anymore either. But that's just well, the time now is. they're just the it's too much. They doing. people are just kind of I think tired. Well, Thor: Love and Thunder is complete utter garbage. But that, that's I true. haven't seen it yet, and I I, I no. want to just to see. What you, the okay, hell you happened. should see it just to see it. <laughs> Ant Man is fine. The rest are good. I will say that the rest besides Ant Man, Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, Eternals is okay. It's just it is. I, I like Eternals actually. I did too, I was, but it's it's it wasn't anything annoying. special. Right. I love Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That was good, yeah. Uh Oh, that was good. But that's Guardians. Like, they kind of had that trilogy. Two was garbage. It's its own thing. Two wasn't bad. I hate two. You can look at my review on Immortals had done its own thing. We could have been in a different (laughs) situation now. We could have been on Immortals 3 by now. Oh, I... I, Right. (laughs) You know, unfortunately, you're not that far off. Because it is Ubisoft, so... (laughs) <laughs> but I do want to talk about like how each of the the gods that you're rescuing have been turned into different things. Where Aphrodite turns into a tree, Ares yes. is a is a rooster, uh, Hephaestus is a golem, and Athena is just a child. And I, yeah. I love how like you have to interact with them while they're in this other other being type of thing, and then they're they're reacting, you know, according to what they are. I really like that. I thought that was a good way of doing it. It was a really nice idea, and again, even the characteristics that came out when they were in those new forms like the child athena was uh, you know constantly running away from you and taunting you the uh, aries chicken was getting a few uh, bagok jokes in there now and then what the bagok's going on here and uh, <laughs> yeah it, it was just really really clever stuff i really i really liked it i i did enjoy the back and forth with the characters in general i enjoy how hermes is just here all around helping you from time to time, but not really helping you at times. Like it fit the gods. Mm. Yeah, I think the gods are the highlight when it comes to yeah. the story and the creativity they went with. Even though I'm not that, I wish it was more mature. But I do. I think I said this earlier. Ares was my favorite. There's a build up to him when he re- reveals himself, and he's like a freaking rooster. It's great. You think he's the bear at first? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like how they trick you. They're like, oh. That bear, you see a bear, like, oh, that magnificent creature must be Ares. And then he turns out he's the rooster. <laughs> the bear's just working for him. And again, the bear gets some of the best scenes as well. He's just there giving a quick glance in some cut scenes and just says yep. everything that you're thinking. It, it was fun. I mean, the way you upgrade, we talked a little bit about, but, like, you have to go to one place to do all your upgrades. That I don't really care for, but it's fine because it's easy to get. You just warp there all the time and. You're supposed to warp back, do your thing, and then warp back somewhere. I mean, there's not as many open world uh, warp points I would have liked, but that that's fine. It was enough. Yeah, that's something that I'm kind of concerned about, having played the demo of Lies of P. 
having to walk back to the central area to do the upgrades and then walk back. Oh, is is really Lies of P the... Pin the change that for the full release. The Bloodborne looking game? Mm. Right? I, I don't keep up on new game because I don't get. I don't watch game. game tra- I don't watch trailers anymore because I'm tired of things being ruined for me. I just know that that's a, there's hype for that one. Yeah, but I don't know anything about it, and I know it's coming out in Game Pass soon. I did watch half an hour of Gamescom though this this time on Twitch, sort of, but that was because Marvel Snap had a deal where you had to watch half an hour of it with your Twitch account <laughs> link, so you then get a free variant. So I did that. Okay. So okay, <laughs> let me ask you guys a question then. So for this game. Immortals, right? What do they do in the middle of the map? They have a big volcano, right? <laughs> Gee, yes. looks just like another game we've been talking about. Well, well, yeah. Now, but when you get these upgrades, it's a it's a constant game loop, right? Like, okay, I have to upgrade my character. I have to leave the northwest corner, the northeast corner, like whatever. I have to go to the southwest corner every time to upgrade. And I think that's weird because it's like, even though that's the first area that you you have unlocked, why the hell didn't they just put that in the middle of the map? Again, they were cloning basically Breath of the Wild when they did this. But like, if you're telling people every time they have to upgrade, make that the middle of the map because that way when I make my upgrade, I can jump and fly back to where I was. But now I have, you know, it's just a very weird decision. It made perfect Maybe. sense, but uh, southwest is where the starting plateau was in Breath of the Wild, so... Mm. <laughs> I thought it was in the middle. Like south. I guess, but well, either way, I thought that was, yeah. I don't know, I, yeah, just, I felt like upgrading going there every time. The point mm-hmm. of it is that you will always be getting, like, you you know, you're supposed to, like, get to a point where you unlock a, a fast warp travel, then you go back and do your thing and warp back to where you were. I think that's the idea of what they were trying to get you to do. Yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't go back, I mean, I didn't go back that often. I mean, near the end of the game, I had a ton of upgrades I never used, so I just didn't give a shit anymore. Plus, I didn't right. do that story difficult. The fast travel, I think, could have been better in, in Mortals because in Tears of the Kingdom, I know once I find a shrine or beat a shrine or a temple or whatever, a lot of those landmarks I can travel to. And I feel like in Immortals, I can only go to each of the um, areas like st- giant statues of a god or the Hall of Gods. I think there's only like five or six spots you can actually fast travel to. There's not anything a else. There's not a ton, right? Maybe there's a dozen or something like that, but there's more. So yeah, I mean, there's a, more than what you're saying, but there's not. There's not. You have to find them too, and they don't show you what like this. Yep. Is, they don't show them on the map. You actually just have to run across things and kind of find them. Because I know I found a few by accident. Okay. Yeah. And they're I, not. I, they're not what yeah. you think. I respect the uh, fast travel systems in games, but I think you've got to find an alternative way of traversal as well. I think Tears of the Kingdom does it well that you can make bizarre vehicles to traverse from one place to another. If going from one place to another is not fun and um, just warping there is the best way, then I think there's something missing, especially after Spider-Man on uh, PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fast travel in that, but it's so much more fun to swing around. I forget what they call that game mechanic, where it's like the interruption mechanic yeah. or something like that, where like I think... I think Skyrim has it done it masterfully, right? You're like trying to do a quest, and all of a sudden, it's like a vampire will come out and attack you out of nowhere. It's like, do you want to do this quest or not? Like, no, I'll just kill a vampire and ignore it. Or you know, or like some other wizard might come up and like ask you to like help. Like you can totally ignore it. Like the quests come to you, and they do that in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, and then Resident Resident Evil, Red Dead Redemption Two. I think their big thing was we're going to still have the inner the inner uh, interruptive loop, but they. They slowed it down so like it happens half the time as much as another game would do it. So which that game is slower paced in general, and that also doesn't have many uh, fast travel. 
I think this game also could have benefited from some interruptions, you know, where like I'm trying to do a quest, but like if I want to like save that person from being attacked or or like there's a quest here that kind of came at me rather than me seeing it. I think that would have been interesting if this game did something like that. But okay, I mean, you kind of have the race, but I know what you mean. Like it would have been cool that because the quest, I didn't really like they would tell you where they are, but it wouldn't completely tell you where to go. Like it would give you the area and you got to figure it out. And I did not like that personally. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But you're in a quest area. It was just kind of like you're just in the. I'm like, no, I want to be a Ubisoft game. I want to know exactly where I'm supposed to go. Like, give me my direct, give me my pointer. Yeah, it's I just like, I'm more like that. I like when you hear somebody yelling help, right? And I have the ability okay. to say yes or no. Like, help me, help me. I'm like, okay, like I see you. Oh, you're yeah, you're like trapped. Well, yeah. In Red but Dead like, One, when they do it, usually if they're yelling help me, you don't want to help them because they're going to shoot you. Oh my god, dude! I got. I know. Every time I was ever <laughs> trying to help somebody, and all of a sudden these cannibals came out and killed me, and I'm like. Well, that's what I get for being a nice guy. Oh, yeah, and Red <laughs> so Dead One helping people. <laughs> I did it for the show earlier this year. That yeah, we we were talking about it. it was like yeah, we learned pretty quick. Like, they yell help, just start shooting. Don't don't. <laughs> they ain't looking for help. But what is that doing, Mike? It's creating a mini story that happened to you. Because like, if the game is always making set pieces, like if you touch this area of the map, cue the cut scene, cue the quest, and like okay, that's fine. That's like the game holding my hand. But sometimes people like it when like it did that happen on its own. Did I start it? Like, so I feel like if a game says like throw something at me, it seems that I have the story to like, well, last time I helped this person, like it didn't really work in my favor, you know, but it creates a story <clears throat> that you can go to tell somebody like, oh, dude, I was playing Immortals Rising. And like, I don't know, I, these women were like leading me to like this island to help them. I didn't know that they were sirens. And then they, <laughs> you know, it, like I lost all my gold because they were like stealing from me. And I didn't know. And like, it, like there's like um, cool. a story there, you know, that oh, I could have said no to, but I didn't. And I fell for it. And I think this game could have also benefited from like having those moments where it's like, ah, you got me on this one. Not, OK, yeah, it would have been nice to have some like some random element. There's nothing random. Random. Yeah. I didn't like picking up all the you have to pick up so many different items, like so many mushrooms and things that you're in different plants to make the potions. I mean, that was, that's fine. It felt like a Breath of Wild, you know, they were copying that again. <clears throat> it's like an RPG thing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I just room. didn't like it. Because like, I, that's also why I switched to story difficulty, because I got to a point where I had to go farm potions, and that's why, that that's actually the real reason why difficulty went to story. I'm like, I gotta farm pomegranates now? Nope, story, we're done. We're not doing that again. Right. You probably don't play craft games, do you? No, but I also didn't have time where I wanted to run around and hack down trees. I'm with you, dude. I'm I was like, I don't think that's fun. I don't have. Well, if I was playing the game like I was exploring it and I didn't have a time limit, I'm just like, this is just my game to play until I move on to the next thing. Not <laughs> you have a ticker. You have a timer ticking away. I mean, again, yeah, personal fair. issue created by me. <laughs> but <laughs> so that that made me. But also, I had more fun when I had story difficulty. I mean, the combat. I want to touch a little bit of combat. I think combat's fun. I think the dodging, the, the blocking, I think it's all really good the way the weapons you get new weapons as you do dungeons and as you, you know, explore the mm-hmm. game, you'll get more. I, I did like that. I thought that was all well done. Oh, that was well done in the armor. I like every time yeah. I got a new helmet or like, I got to see what I look like, you know, and I, I, yeah. that, that was a great loop in, and in you this can game. Cosmetic it too. So you can mm-hmm. wear a helmet that you think looks cooler without with having the effect. Of something yeah, else. dude. So they, that was nice. They did that. Yes, that is, that is cool as well. Yes. I like I that. Sort of. I looked up YouTube and it told me what great equipment to get early in the game. And I just got that and I stuck with that the whole game. Oh, okay. Which which was? I don't. It was like purple armor. That was spiky. Yep. I, I got that one. It's one of the, it's supposedly one of the best ones in the game. I mean, there's better armor, but. 
I wasn't doing really your stamina. I think it, it like rewards you or something like that with your stamina. It does triple damage in certain parts and, okay. and stuff like that. And even the arm, armor you can upgrade too, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I mean, everything in this game you can upgrade. I think it's like if you played Ubisoft games, like you can upgrade your character. You're going to get that in this game. And they are worth it, which to upgrade, you got to go, you know, explore the world and do the things. So like that all works. It works very well, actually. Like sometimes I find myself over this week when I was playing, I would just be obsessed with like collect, you know, cutting down those trees because you'll see like a, something glowing in some mm-hmm. of the trees. You and if amber. you cut it open, you get the um, sapper. No, it's golden. Sap. I think it's called golden amber. Thank you. Yes. Sure. Right. You know, so like collecting those to make the upgrade like that. It, it it got me pretty good. I wasn't rushing it because I knew I wasn't going to beat the story. But I was just like, yeah, this is this is fine because I really want to get that upgrade because I saw in the upgrade tree that and like that would be really fun if I had that. So that that loop, that game loop is rewarding. In this. Oh, the other thing that broke me with the difficulty that why I had to switch it was when you when you're in like a shrine world, like a dungeon world where the game is different. It's just a platformer. Uh, every time you fall, you lose health. But if you have story difficulty on, you don't lose health. I know that. You can keep trying, trying, trying and not feel like, oh, shit, I need to use a potion because I'm going to die and get kicked out of here. So that's another reason why I went to story difficulty and stuck with it because of that. It made me where I could experiment more with the puzzles. Where I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. can I make this jump? Nope, nope, I can't. Can I make this jump? Nope, nope, I can't. I, I could experiment and not worry about it where before I'm like, I, I can't experiment. That's blown my mind because I played it on normal and didn't know anything about story mode having no fall damage. Also, you get your health will constantly refill if you're not if where in the other difficulties it, and easy it does up to the bar you're at, mm-hmm. but it only goes so far where and on story it just refills completely, which is also nice. Okay, story, story mode completely. needs to be in every video game. I'm sorry, but it does. Oh, yeah. Like the, like whenever I find it in the game, I'm like, thank God, because like I'm invested in the story. I've logged like multiple hours, but like I'm kind of getting burned out. But I want to, you know, and a lot of us want to kind of finish where we started if we can. And if there is the option to turn on a story mode, like, I'm good. I'm, and you can do it. Crush you can it. change the difficulty at any point in this game, too, which I give kudos to this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't punish you. If you no, do this, it's going to blue. Yeah. <laughs> they also, they have a lot of, which I, I don't play a lot of really new games in general. Well, you can look at my, you know, what I play on this podcast. And right. this game did something that I also really appreciate. It had a lot of adapted features. That's probably a thing nowadays to, you know, like I had a thing turned on by accident where the game would constantly narrate options, armor. Like <laughs> I didn't know how to turn it off, but I appreciated it was there because it would help if I, you know, couldn't read. So I yes. appreciate that it was there. There's a lot of accessibility options. In yeah, a lot and of I really, games I really these days, and I appreciate that. It was nice. Because I, I turn just, on subtitles sorry. immediately every game I play. Oh, I subtitles always have to be on. And I oh, can't yeah. remember what game it was I was playing recently where it had options for size of subtitles, whether the oh, subtitles yeah. have a black outline around them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, as I get older, I watch movies and games with subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's tough because the only thing that's bad about subtitles, especially when you're watching a movie, a game not so much, but when you when you're watching the movie, it's just like the director films every frame of that movie. They want you to see every frame of that movie, and I feel bad because like I'm not paying attention to maybe like that key focus that they want me to have because I'm reading constantly on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, my eyes are down here instead of up there, kind of thing. And that is one thing that like kind of bums me out when I do subtitles, but I do it for everything. I just I need to hear out. Well, it's not even that. Like, I don't blast my sound, but like, I just need to hear what they're saying, you know, and stuff. 
So I, yeah. I have to now read it. Um, I don't want to feel like I missed anything. Yeah. And I hate, I hate, hate, hate when video games, this game doesn't do it, but I hate when video games do this where they must have made the game originally for PC users. So the monitor's like right in your face. But when you, when you port it to a uh, console, people are on couches. They are not on their TV. So I might be like a good eight, 10 feet from my TV and you have small text. I can't read it. Oh my God. And I feel like an old man. I mean, I am getting older, but man. I'm like, I got to get off of my couch, walk over and like, oh, okay. So it does double damage. Okay. I couldn't read that. And then, you know, like, just let me have control over the subtitles. Yeah. It's a little thing just uh, for ease of play and to keep the player engaged. And it's one of my biggest bugbears. And I rant about this on Twitter quite regularly. Games these days that don't pause when your controller's out of charge. (gasps) My biggest bugbear. It took me a while to get used to the menu in this game, where like if you tap select, it takes you to your character's inventory. But I'm mostly just trying to look at the map. And yeah. I was like, man, why do I have to hit select and then left bumper to go over to it? Like, And then I realized, oh, you can hold down select, and then that will load up the map right away. But it wasn't intuitive to me. Yeah, it's a very strange choice. I mean, it took me forever on one of the first first playstation 5 games i played where or was it four i can't remember one of the assassin's creed ones anyway where i was looking everywhere for a map button and then found out oh you push the touchpad in the center of the controller something forever <laughs> i'm always just pausing the game and looking at the map looking at my inventory looking at my experience <laughs> that was one thing i was just like why can't i just go to the map but yeah if you hold down to select it'll it'll do the same which is i think i don't know quality of life thing pro tip yeah. for you did it actually start by accident when I meant to hit select? Did it actually inform you that you can do that? Or is that something that could have been told in a tutorial or instruction manual? Heaven forbid we get one. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, you ever play a game and then you take a break and you go back to it and you're like, oh my God, I don't remember the little things like holding yeah. down select. It's not intuitive. It's like very specific to that game where Red Dead 2 also does that. Like, you have to hold down the. The, bu- the menu button to load up the map and i think when you're going in and out of games like me some of those things like you got to be careful with because i forget oh i can do this thing it's only in this game but like it's not intuitive and there's no way for me to know because they told me that you know in the beginning of the game and i'm like 25 hours into it so like ah, how do i do that again there's yeah. certain games you can't put down when you start Right. I heard Elden Ring's one of those games. Somebody was any, telling me. I've never played it. Any but. Souls game. Like, if you start a Souls game, you need to commit. Because if you put it down, you man it, you're not, your oh, skill's gone. You're, I you're don't not, play them. You, you can't it's stop. Hard. Okay. Elden All Ring right. was something else. That was an absolutely incredible experience. But I had a very similar thing uh, earlier this summer playing Final Fantasy 16, which I enjoyed. And then going straight into playing Ease 9, Monstrum Nox, straight afterwards. And all the controls from one game to the other were totally the opposite way round. So I'd start playing Ease 9 and think, oh, a monster, attack. Oh, no, that's the menu button. What, what, what do I press? Which button isn't crouch? <laughs> or like when you play a similar game or like like this game and then like Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. It's like, wow, they're they're very similar. They're doing a lot of, there's some changes, but they're, they're pretty similar. But like the run is in a different spot, you know, or like, so I kept fumbling my controls where like in Breath of the Wild or in, in Tears of the Kingdom, I just hit like, you know, like the jump button or whatever in the sky. And then like that lets me fly. But in this game, it's like, it's weird. It's, you have to hit, I think the jump button and then you got to hit the boost button and they're all over the place. And I, mm-hmm. I kept fumbling my controls it, after like a few minutes, you, you, you get that, that muscle memory back. But 
I was just like, man, like this is just not intuitive. I kept following my controls in this game a little bit. But once you once you start playing, you get the hang of it. You know, like how do you get on a horse? Oh, well, you just hold down the Y button or triangle or whatever, you know, and like that's how you pull up the horse. And it's just like I could not remember how to do that for the life of me. I never used a horse. I didn't like uh, it because it couldn't fly. I got a Pegasus at one point because I got it as a reward and he couldn't fly. And I was like, Fuck oh, you, my man. God, are you serious? That feel yep. like that should be like a legendary thing that if you spend like 10 hours doing a quest, you get Pegasus so you can fly around. the. Can't that fly. That sucks. That's, that's when it went down. away. I never used it again. I was pissed. So it's just I was a skin. like, I'm like, what? I can't, I can't fly. I mean, it has, it's Pegasus. It has wings. I can't, like, what? I can't jump. Like I can't. The glide, most famous nothing. horse. Yeah. I was done because it's just a horse. Yeah. A horse. That's lame. But like, Pegasus is like the most famous horse. Maybe yeah. more famous than Mr. Ed, right? Like, that's <laughs> the horse that can fly, man. You caught my joke there too. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, that that kind of broke me on the mount stuff. I I didn't like that. I mean, there's the stealth mechanics of this game too, but I didn't really use it ever. There's also Phosphorus, which we haven't talked about, the Phoenix Bird that you can get. Oh, yeah. Which Straight is kind of from Assassin's Creed, dude. Oh, Straight from Assassin's See, I haven't Creed. played anything since yeah. 4, so I, was like, so I don't catch stuff. But... Right. After after Unity, they kind of rethought about like the fighting mechanics in, in Assassin's Creed. So you got Odyssey, and the one before that was the one in Egypt. I'm drawing a blank on that one. Origins. Um, Origins. Origins, yeah. And then Ragnarok, I think. Or whatever the Valhalla. Valhalla. So those characters all have a bird that hovers over you, and this game totally just took that with it. And I and I love that mechanic. I love when I have pets in a game. I wish I wish there was more than just a steed that I can ride and a bird that can fly around with me. I would love to like maybe I don't have a bird, but maybe I get something that um like a wolf that fights next to me or something like that. Like again, like this game, if they ever got to do the sequel, like I feel like they could totally. Totally. Imagine the bear of Ares going with you, right? Yeah. Like, as a, like, hey, if you do this quest, he, he will be your pet, you know? If I could have pets going with me uh, in, into, like, battles, I don't know. There's something there, you know? Are you telling us you want to play just... World of Warcraft as a hunter? I, I never got into World of Warcraft, but I, I know that there's pets in there. But I know that the hunter does that. Okay, because, like, Tears of the Kingdom, if you help these, like, guardians, they give you a spirit version of themselves, and it's basically just like a like a person that just follows you around and they have their own abilities and you can use their abilities too. So you can have a party in Tears of the Kingdom, which I think is great in an RPG because you should be able to recruit people. I think a recruiting mechanic could have benefited this game as well. Um, you know, but I, I think they might, they might just rebrand this and just maybe take some of the things they learn and say, all right, let's, we really do need to figure out how to make a Breath of the Wild clone, but let's do it maybe with a different IP, you know? It's also just a, a bad IP name, Immortals. Because I mean, there's another game that just came out from EA called Immortals. Like, yep, it was a word you can't copyright. Like, you can't copyright letters, like the letter X, for example, for no oh, reason at all. So dumb. So, like, you know, you don't right. name your something that you don't want to name your IP something that can just be used by other people because it doesn't. There's no copyright. <laughs> Immortals is kind of a generic, and Phoenix means nothing. It's a, it's just a bad title. It's a bad name. I think, I think it's an, it's unfortunate that they couldn't go with like. What was it? Gods and Monsters or something like that? Yeah, I think they had a bit of trouble with um, <laughs> Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> yeah, That's just bull. That's, that's yeah. bull. Like, come on. How just can like you... how uh, Fear Effect on the PS1 had trouble with um, Fear Factory, the band, because they wanted to call it Fear Factor originally, and Fear Factory said no. Okay. Uh, Fear Effect. I can't believe I played that game for this podcast, by the way. Wow. Uh, Fear Effect. 
wasn't my idea. It was when I had other co-hosts and they're like, hey, we should cover this. I'm like, uh, okay. But yes, I played that stupid game. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one a lot. <laughs> I did not. I never played the second one, though. Second one was great. If you liked the first one. <laughs> I didn't like the first one. Or any last things you guys want to say about Phoenix Rising before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? Play it. It's great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth playing. Especially oh, yeah. if it's I'm actually going sale. to gift the copy I bought for Switch to my son because I was going to buy this for my son when I was at when I was with him last, and he's like, I'm like, wait, I, I'm like, hey, you can pick out a game. Like, you know, he's 15. And I'm like, well, you should, you should, this is good. I'm like, Phoenix Rising is good. He's like, he just ignored me and, and be like, I'll buy it. You know, he's like, can you give me Donkey Kong? I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think if you're a fan of Greek mythology, I think that was like the main draw for us. Yeah. And I think it, it will deliver. Like, you might have issues with the puzzles. You might have issues with the, the humor, but you won't have issues with, like the visuals, and it does scratch that Greek itch. Like it's just fun meeting these characters and and, and stuff like that. Maybe more monster types, but other than yeah. that, like I can't really complain with the what's in the world. Like it felt very like yeah, this feels like Greek mythology, which makes me want to play that DLC with ancient Chinese mythology because I watched a movie called Spirit of the West or Journey to the West, rather. Sp- Journey, Journey to, the to the West. You did a podcast about it. Yeah, and like <laughs> <I> listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like. Like, wow, Chinese mythology is all very interesting as well. So I think if a video game can open my eyes to it, I'd be definitely down for it. And I think this game, oh, my God, imagine if they just kept going with, like, all other, you know, uh, mythologies with this. They could have had something very special. A bit like how God of War seems to be doing. Yeah, where he's going yeah. into other religions. <laughs> it's clever. Well, if you want to do the DLC, just let me know, because I'll gladly have an excuse to play it. I just need to wait a little bit of time, but yeah. Um, yeah, like next, I'll play it again. Next summer. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, okay. I don't. It might not be. I might not wait that. Well, yeah. Probably, probably wait that long. I got enough shit going on. But okay. Now I know who. I will bug you guys when we come back to that. But I'm ready to, to install this 50 gigabyte game, game again. <laughs> oh, all right. So I did get a few questions, comments, and memories. We'll go to that once I can get the right tabs on my phone. All right. First for me, I watched the entire Orblood Super Replay uh, from Lucas Harris. One of the very few games I managed to get the platinum for. I'm bummed the sequel was canceled. Yeah, I am too. Even I wouldn't have touched it for years. From Henry Chan, the DLC focusing on Chinese mythology was really cool, which the whole game had been that. One one thing that differs mm. the story a lot is that the main god is very parental. She tries to restrict the hero in the hub for his own safety. All right. mm. uh, from Star, friend of the show, how does this make you feel? I mean, she posted a screenshot of the canceled immortals things that inspired by Elden Ring and Wind Waker, multiple island Polynesian archipelago, more realistic visuals, no checklist open world. Yeah, oh. it bumps me out. Give me that game. <laughs> yeah. uh, from Autumn Autumn Sevier, didn't play much of it. I picked it up for similar reasons and didn't dislike what they were trying to do, but I told myself I'd, I'm playing bite-sized chunks and ended up just not picking it up. Hand pain with DualSense didn't help, too. Mm. I can get that. And from the official Laser Time community, I got a couple. From Jamie Leah. There was a really good game in there, but it was buried under constant requests to buy extra shit. About the time the world map started directing me to to objectives that were glorified DLC ads, I walked away. Hmm. I didn't have that, but I did see microtransactions. Yeah, the microtransactions were there, but I also didn't have that experience of it being constantly bombarding you. It could be because we played it later and they were embarrassed to patch it out, kind of. Maybe. Because I didn't get, I didn't get asked once to buy anything. I did have, I do have the the twenty dollar pack that had all the DLC, so that could maybe. Be it. I guess I I do not have any issues with microtransactions in this game, and I hate when that happens in a game. But I don't, 
I maybe this that person could revisit it now. I mean, I wouldn't like, be. Like I mean, I could see it. Like, I mean, example Battlefront Two when that came out, the, or was it the first Battlefront? No, it was one the of them one. where it was EA the tried one, to yeah. just, you know, just put them everywhere for you to mm. trick you and, and to force you. You want Vader? Buy. Yeah, of course I want to play Vader. Well, you gotta pay for it. Well, you want Han Solo? Yeah, all right. It's like it's gonna cost a thousand dollars to get the original cast of Star Wars. What is wrong with you, EA? So they learned their lesson. The whole industry learned their lesson through EA on that one. But I don't. I never once had an issue with like. Yeah. So maybe it was just a time and place. Like this. Like maybe they patched out because I mean I know I I know there were microtransactions because I saw like stuff about it, but I had to go in a menu to another menu to find it. It was never like trying to trick me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a a start screen problem at the moment, isn't it? Where it's new game, load game, bite, 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 bite. Yeah, that's why you wait until you know years later and buy the buy the complete buy like the game of the year version or something. Yeah, that exactly. that's how I buy my single player games. Absolutely, because <laughs> like you're gonna get it patched out. You're gonna get yeah, yep. I'm with you on that. So I feel bad. For, I feel bad for her that she had that experience because I don't. I don't. It wasn't like that for us. So you know, if you if you listen to this, you should go back and try it again because I think they mm-hmm. they fixed that. Or we had the collection because I bought it cheap and I didn't have to worry about that. I don't know. Uh, from Armado Valdez, the game was legit fun. I refer to it as Breath of the Wild Light. Some of the puzzle work was a bit tedious, especially the DLC, but overall very enjoy- enjoyable. If you love to find everything on the map that Ubisoft does, then you'll love this. Mm-hmm. I think that comment's <laughs> just summed up everything that we've said yeah. in the final yeah. five minutes. <laughs> and from Eric Fijozerk, I was absolutely shocked at how good a time I had with this. I played it shortly after I got to mess around with Breath of the Wild. I didn't have a Switch, so this kind of filled that need. It still felt like a lot of Assassin's Creed type gameplay at times, but it did enough interesting and fun things that I was okay with it. Great game for the price it goes for now. That's a great review. Which is cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ubisoft games are always cheap. You never should buy a Ubisoft. Well, sorry, never. Ubisoft. But you shouldn't I'm buy a game you. when they come out because they'll be they'll be cheap in a year. Easy. Easily. Yep. A lesson I will never learn. <laughs> so hey, I mean, if you enjoy them, nothing wrong. I mean, I'm a guy who has way too many games to play and don't, i don't even pay attention to new games ever like i don't care i'm i'm oh, so this far year behind. mike is like this year's probably the greatest year in video games because like almost everything that's coming out even though it's like a sequel right they're all good and like yeah you you'll never be done with this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's fine i mean i am hoping to just i'm honestly hoping to do this podcast for probably the rest of my life almost like i love doing it so yeah that's my goal We'll be like old men from now, like 20 years. Like, let's play the DLC to Immortals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, when the podcast started out, it was a lot of like, old, we did a lot of like PS1, well, Super Nintendo games, and then it kind of just drifted. And it's still older stuff, but then I try to work in a few newer things here and there when I just want to play. Yeah, like, I'm doing a bunch of new games. The end of this year, I'm doing Gotham Knights, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm doing a bunch of those. Oh, so my like, God. You're doing Guardians of the Galaxy video game? Mm-hmm. It was my game of the year for the year that it came out. I fucking love that game. I can't believe people aren't going around talking about it. It's I I I think it's great. I'll put you on. I also so love it. It's not until January. Such a fantastic game. I think it's. Oh, it's so good. I don't remember, but I know I'm doing it because I just I've heard too many things about it. Like I need to play it. After playing the or after watching Volume Three of Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, man, I really do appreciate that game because. That is the funniest game I've ever played. You video games rarely make me actually chuckle and laugh. I legit laughed throughout that whole game. I yeah. thought the writing was so good. I would go as far as saying that that version of Gamora and Drax is funnier than the movies. 
Okay, you're selling me even more on the game that I'm okay. So I don't like to build hype, but I'm just saying. No, that's fine. I, I don't. Either way, I've already heard um, a friend of the sh- or a friend of mine, Blair, who's been on the show many times. He's my comic book guy, a uh, video comic book video game guy. Uh, he's he's the one. The reason I'm even playing that game because he's like, this game is great. Like you're missing oh, out. Sweet. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll try. Good. good. Good That's why I'm actually playing. And from the last group I'm going to read from, from Giant Bomb, I got from David Andrew Robinson. Just started playing it recently on my Switch about 10 hours in and hasn't entirely grabbed me, honestly. I get that. It, okay. it can take a little bit, especially yeah. if... 10 hours Switch in, huh? All right, from Nicholas London, one of the best games UB has released in the last five years. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. From Kane Dietzel, I really enjoyed this game. It looks like the sequel planned on improving in all the right areas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from Brian... I got this at a very deep discount on PS5 a couple years ago. Only scratched the surface. I think it has a nice look, but the framing of the story doesn't click with me. Yeah, yeah. yes, that's yeah. Just just mute it and just (laughs) turn on your music or listen to Mike's podcast and just play the game. And the last comment uh, from Keith O'Donnell. Ah, yes. Breath of the Wild, but better. Love this dumb thing. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) (sighs) that should have been on the posters for this game. Breath of the Wild, but better. So we'll we'll see what I think when I play Breath of the Wild in January. Oh, I'm not. I I'm am excited nervous. to hear that one. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm excited because like I'm gonna relate to a lot of your frustrations. I bet with yeah. that one. I'm also gonna have to rebuy that game because I have it on Wii U. And I do. I I'm gonna need it on Switch. I'm gonna need it mobile so I can just. Play, I'm gonna have to, like gun through that game in a couple weeks. So, <laughs> which is not the way to play Breath of the Wild, from my understanding. I'm also gonna print out a map so I know where everything is. Yes, so I can just find what it. I want. Because my my issue with Breath of the Wild back then was I didn't know how to get more inventory slots because I there were no guides I didn't look up anything and I never found a Korak in the couple hours I played so yeah, they, are, they are well hidden so. and I didn't I wasn't looking for them because the game didn't tell me to look for them yeah um as I said earlier my girlfriend's such a big fan of Breath of the Wild that she has found all of the Koroks and got the what? pointless reward at the end of it as well and wow. I can't even consider that idea myself <laughs> did she use a guide or she just did it on her own i think when she got to the last few she needed to look up a little bit on youtube where they were but as i say okay. she's finished that game so many times it, it's her jam it's her re- relaxing space is playing breath of the wild when you're looking for those correct seeds it's like you'll just see a rock on the top of a hill and you're like all right i could use that rock to throw it at something but like if you pick it up it might just give you one of those guys and like, hey, here's a seed. And I'm like, oh my god! So I got to pick up every rock in this game. Yeah. And then like when I'm playing Phoenix, those rocks are just there for weapons, and uh, <laughs> you know, like you can just chuck them at people or something like that. But there's no, there's no like reward for picking them up. But I kept doing it anyways. But I do like the rock mechanic in 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 Mortals uh, Phoenix Rising because if you are fighting a monster and it throws rocks or it throws, it picks up a tree and launches a tree at you. You can grab it in the air and throw it back. And I always think that's a great mechanic. I think that's it's a fun mechanic. so satisfying. Also, while we've been talking, I've been watching a, uh, a speed run, as I tend to do, just to get stuff to, to, that I might have missed. Mm-hmm. I never use the hammer that you get in this. Hepatite, or <laughs> his hammer, I never used it. I don't think I did a part from Which is how you, like, cheat this it. game. Because like in a lot of those puzzles where you had to like roll a block of a certain way, she'll just hit it with a hammer and just knock it where it needs to go. Yeah, aside from Are you freaking kidding me? It, I didn't know that. It, what is this hammer? And there's thing also a spear thing about? you can do where you can launch yourself higher in your jump using stamina to get higher to glide farther. Do not ever see the spear thing either. I have a spear thing. That's where like a multi, like a bunch of them come from the yep. ground and attack things and shoots you up in the air. That I got, and you can do that in the air, and then you can do that. I get that, but like I didn't know about this. 
Yeah, the hammer. They because like there's like some of the puzzles with the ball where you have to like roll the ball yeah, or break dude. things. She just took the hammer, hit the ball, launched it over to where it was supposed to go until she got it right, and then just went on with the game. All right, there's a quest I was wor- literally working on, and I'm like, "F it, I'm done. I can't figure out how to move these giant things over without." Fun. All right, well now I know. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to shelf stacker box, and I'll go first in this case. I'm I'm a little torn. I mean, now that I'm done with this game and I'm thinking about it more, my appreciation of it is better than it was when I finished it a week ago. So I'm going to put it on the shelf because the more I think about it in hindsight, the more I appreciate it. And I did want to play the DLC immediately after, but I was like, no, <laughs> you've right. wish it too, you got to play. So, Which means it worked uh, as yeah, far as so, like getting you excited. Except now I know I'm not playing that new guys one if I found it's all puzzles. We can skip that. Even though part of me, the completionist in me was like, well, you should play that, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd just be it'd just be Google. Like, how do you do this puzzle? How do you do this puzzle? So I was going on the shelf, and I'm I'm glad I did play it. What about you, Ian? Uh, my copy is still proudly displayed on my shelf. Um, oh yeah, I love the game. It's it's not the one that I would uh, take into trade in. Um, there are other games on my shelf that I would trade in if that <laughs> was something I would want to do. But uh, no, proudly displayed on the shelf. Okay. And what about you, Brandon? Yeah, I, I think I am too. I have um on my Xbox, I have um you can make groups, and I have uh, 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 some games, single player games, open world games mostly that just take me a long time to play. And it's called Games to Complete, and it's really just games that like you know what it's I'm going to finish this game because I do like it, and it's just it's a long game or I only play in small bits, but this is a game that has been there and. When I've been looking for a reason to come back to play it, because when I do, I do like it. So when you said like, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time getting people to, to get on this podcast, do you, would you do it? And I'm like, I would actually, because I want to support this game. I think this game is worth um, checking out. So I definitely have it in my my shelf. Like it's okay. there. I'm not going to hide it. I'm and I do <laughs> want to play that DLC, especially the the ancient Chinese. Yeah, I'm. DLC. I'm... I'm on board for two of them for sure. That top-down one, if you look up a review, if you look up a review of it, it looks actually pretty cool. Mm. I, just, I didn't cry. It just didn't sit right with me for some reason. I can't remember what it was well, that I wasn't enamored with about that DLC. But the puzzle one, that's right up my street. The Chinese one, amazing. Eh, for the price, though, I mean, Mike got all that stuff for like twenty bucks. I yeah, just think that's like, incredible. at that point, you've gotten more than twenty dollars worth of value. Like that now, it feels like the free DLC. You know, this game was worth the the price for twenty bucks. For the only my only complaint is that I didn't buy it on a Steam sale. I bought it on a fanatical sale, and mm-hmm. I got stuck with it on Ubisoft Store, not on my Steam account. I mean, does not matter, but to me personally, it pissed me off. <laughs> but it's a me problem. <laughs> Mainly, it upset me because it's harder for me to get Ubisoft games to run on Steam than it would have been had it just got it off of Steam. Okay, again, me yeah. problem, but on the Steam Deck, because I wanted to run on the Steam Deck and not on my PC, so I could have take this around with me and played it easier. But that's, again, that's a, it was not the game from. I, I try to make sure when there's there are me issues, I don't tie in with the game. Like, stuff like that. Right. But it ties in with your whole experience, I suppose. But. Yeah, I mean, you can play Steam Deck games. I mean, you can play Ubisoft games. I was going through a thing where I, where I found a, I found a guide on YouTube of how to, like, select it to where you could make it all run real easy, and I, I must have failed somewhere, because when I went to launch it, it wouldn't launch, so... It wasn't simple, but so I just kind of moved on and just played. I have a laptop, like I'll just play on my laptop. But yeah, all right. And I shouldn't talk about what we're talk, what you're going to hear me talk about next week. Next week we are starting Spooktober event, Ooh. and we are starting with Animusha Two. Yes, 
So nice. Never played that one. I, one. I did not either until this. I beat it yesterday. But I actually went and pulled. I have a PS2 copy that I bought for 13 bucks at EB Games nice. to the right of me, which I did not play that version, by the way. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I emulated, but I, I bought it for 13 bucks back in probably 04, 05. My first job. Okay. Guess. How, how many hours did it take you? Uh, 10 or 11. Okay. That's that's it's, perfect. It's not long. It, it, it's a it, Get a little hard, but it's and that yeah. I'll I'll talk okay. about it next week. But yeah, it's it's a good game. All right, and Brandon, where can people find you at? I'm from the podcast, The No Man's of Fantasy. Mike is one of our more popular uh, recurring guests. So if you like Mike, there's a couple episodes he's done with us. We're just called The No Man's of Fantasy because we aren't really fanboys. We're willing to check out pretty much anything in movies, video games, and TV shows. So when we say fantasy. It's not just dragons and swords and magic. It's anything fictional, anything that's just not here that somebody created and took the time to make a world, characters, story, music. So we just love to go check it out like a nomad would, just constantly moving around. And then we come back and we talk about it on our podcast. So, yeah, if that's something that you want to check out, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on, we are a podcast. So check us out and uh i'm excited the next time mike is on our podcast again because uh he always has a not a different perspective but sometimes it's different for me specifically so i always like hearing your uh like if we ever do the bioshock infinite i might have you or bill (laughs) bill might not do it but i'll gladly do it i know i want bill because he hates it and i'm so mad at him because i love that guy but (laughs) i'm mad he doesn't like that game at all (laughs) no (laughs) oh which i find hilarious i mean I had issues with that game, too. But, yeah. No, yeah, just let me know. All right. And you'll see a link in the show notes to Nomads of Fantasy. And if you enjoyed this podcast, there's over 500 other episodes of this podcast. You can find everything on Podbean because Spotify and iTunes only go back so far. And the great thing about Podbean, you can go right to our right to our page and just search. Just type in anything you want. Star Wars, Rise of the Argonauts, which I have covered, another Greek game. God of War, just type in a name. You never know. It might pop up because we've, we've done tons of stuff on this podcast so far, and there's tons of stuff still coming. So definitely go check all that out. If you want to support the show, we do a Patreon for Little Dog. You vote in our Patreon poll. I forgot that this is going to be a new month, so I did not write down, but it'll be it'll be four okay. spooky movies that Mike has never seen. So you can go. You'll see a link in the, in the, in the show notes for our Patreon, and we do have a Discord. Please join our Discord. It's actually gotten much more lively. And you'll see a link in the show notes to Discord. It is accurate now. If you tried before and didn't work, or just tell me, I'll I'll send you a link. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, everything, Threads, X, wherever you want to find me. I'm I'm around somewhere. So, all right. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Free. You can follow her on TikTok. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker to the MCU movies with me. He started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at Forty. Definitely go check him out. Also, and I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. See you. Bye-bye.